2: And welcome back into the program. Our number two this morning and room for you at 508-996-0500. You can also send us an app chat message via the WBSM app. You can also send us an open line voicemail via the WBSM app. If you have never done that before, super easy to do. Just open up the app, hit that open line button. It'll ask you what kind of media you want to send. Select audio there, record what you want to say, send it in, and we'll play it on the air. Of course, I have to check it out first, so I'm going to have to wait until the next break or during the news, but then uh, as long as we can play it on the air, I will do so. And again, as I always say, keep it radio-friendly. That makes my job a lot easier because if it's not, I can't play it. I don't have time to go through and edit it and drop in bleeps and all that kind of stuff, so keep it ready to go. All right, well, let's, um, let's talk about... This article, again, NewBedfordLight.org, Colin Hogan, who does a great job covering education and uh, and really takes deep dives into some of these topics. The title of the article, New Bedford Schools Focus on Attendance After Graduation Rate Dips in 2022. So some of you right now are are getting up and saying to yourself, well, it's 7.09 in the morning. My high schooler is already on their way to school. But some high schoolers are experiencing what they're calling chronic absenteeism. And that that is driving down the graduation rate. The graduation rate that they highly touted, and rightly so, a few years ago. Because pre-pandemic, it had gone from being 58% graduation rate to... in 2020. But now it's dropped back down again to about 75%. And they're saying that that dip is due to this chronic absenteeism. So why aren't kids going to school? Well, as as Colin Hogan points out in the article, when you're looking at 2021 data and, and into 2022, what was happening? Well, the coronavirus was still around, so there were probably kids who were coming down with COVID and couldn't go to school. Granted, it probably wasn't you know a serious case. Uh, everybody out there that's going to say, well, COVID nineteen is no worse than the flu." Now, yeah, I, I I get that people have built up a tolerance. People have been vaccinated; that it isn't this overwhelming you know they're essentially saying that the the pandemic portion of covid nineteen is over, but as a as an illness as a virus, it's still out there, and people are still going to come down with it, whether or not it's a serious case or not if a if a student came down with covid nineteen especially in twenty twenty one when the vaccination wasn't available. everybody until later on in the year. And even then, school kids had to wait even later. So that probably factored into some of this. And even if a kid got it and had a mild case of it, you're still supposed to stay home. So they were missing it because it was still going around and it wasn't the only thing going around. We know that the flu, when people got it, because they hadn't gotten it for a few years because of wearing masks and social distancing and all of that, that for some people it was it hit them a little bit harder. And so they were going to stay home when they got – I mean, you should stay home when you have the flu anyway. I mean, to me, I don't even like it when people come to work or school when they have a cold because I might catch that. But that's, that's part of it. But it certainly doesn't account for all of it what we're hearing and, and what you can read about in Colin Hogan's article, and he spoke to a, a counselor at Keith Middle School, for example, who said, a lot of students are feeling anxious to come to school and feeling anxious at school within the school, within the social environment. There's a lot of tardies and they're coming into school later in the day. And I, I wonder how much of that, because of course they mentioned that the, that the pandemic played a part in that. But I wonder how much of that is true. If you had a child that was going. And we're talking about high school kids. We're not talking about kids that started off their school careers during the pandemic. When I can understand that if you started off in kindergarten. With remote learning. That you might have some social issues adjusting to a classroom environment. When it was time to go back into a classroom. But we're talking about high school kids who had six, seven, eight years of schooling before the pandemic came along, if my math is right. So they they are used to the school environment, and I would have thought they would have an okay time just adjusting back to that. But maybe I'm wrong, and maybe your child has had those experiences, and you can call in and let me know. 508-996-0500. 508 996 The other part, it does mention that there are a lot of students that are English language learners or lower income students that have to go out and work. And I can see that as being an issue, but that is also something that has kind of always been an issue. Maybe rising rents has meant that they need a third income in the family or a second income, depending on the dynamics of the family. And that kid has to go out and, and earn living now. I worked I worked almost full time hours while I was in high school. Not not because I had to give it to my family to you know, because I was saving up. But it can be done, but not everybody can do it. 508-996-0500. good morning. You're on WBSM.
0: What's up, Tim? How you doing? Good morning. Uh my my take on this is that it, it starts in the home. Parents Aren't keeping the kids accountable. Okay, uh I have a high schooler, as you know, that you know, uh she attends Bristol Aggie. She works she works on the weekends, uh she doesn't work during the week. She's up every day at four thirty in the morning to catch the bus at six fifteen from Fairhaven and you know it, it's it's there's no excuse. There is no excuse. I worked I'll give you an example. I worked uh, when I was in high school. I worked uh, two different jobs. I worked one on the weekend and then I worked one during the week. I worked at Stop and Shop, pushing carriages. I'd mm-hmm. say, you know, 15, 16 years old, and uh, I would go from school to work, and I wouldn't get home till what, seven o'clock, you know, at night, and I'd still, I'd still manage to get up. Now, granted, I wasn't a straight A student. I was, you know, C plus, maybe a B minus. You know what I mean? But at the same time, you know I was working and going to school. It's 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 complacency in the kids nowadays. It's laziness, and you know I know I know you you know you just talked about you know sometimes some maybe some of these kids have to have you know the parents need a third income in the house. That's BS, okay? That's the parents not trying hard enough to work, okay? And they're relying on these kids to work and make them money. Because they're not making enough money. Yeah, I, don't know, if, work, I, I don't know. Uh,
2: if I, my, I don't want to make that a blanket statement. I don't think that's the case well, in, in I, all of these I'll give you, situations. I'll, I'll
0: give you an example, Tim. Okay. My mother three jobs while she was going through a divorce. Okay. And she was going to school to be a dental hygienist on top of working three different jobs. I can't tell you the amount of times, okay, that we were standing outside at one of the churches in New Bedford waiting for the food pantry line and i'm not ashamed to say that because you know my mother worked hard and uh, and she did whatever she could to make sure we still had food on the table not asking us to pick up the slack as kids now yeah, i worked i worked but, you know but i worked not like,
2: every uh, not every situation is exactly the same i mean some of these some of these single parent families you know you know that you need two incomes to to support a family these days, and so maybe it's a matter of you know the the child has to earn something, and maybe maybe it's a matter of the child wants to get out of that situation. So maybe they want to work so that they, when they're eighteen, they have the money to move out and and be able to take care of yeah, themselves. But they
0: have they have to realize that their education comes first. A lot of these jobs nowadays won't hire you unless you have a high school diploma or a GED.
2: And i i, I don't I don't think that it means that they're making that choice of either or that they're completely dropping out. Because they have to go to work, I think what they're saying is that having to work is affecting how often these kids can get into school.
0: Right. Well, I mean, the the topic of the of the morning is or of the seven o'clock hour is that the the the, the chronic absenteeism, and it leads to not graduating high school, which seventy five percent of these. Uh, what was it? Seventy five percent of of the graduation rate or something like that. Yeah,
2: seventy five percent graduation rate. But they're saying that the, that the chronic absentee rate is nearly seventy percent in new bedford high school but that that's described as students missing at least 18 days of school do you think that 18 days of school is is too much for a student to miss
0: oh my god uh, well, uh, let's say uh, two three ex- unexcused absences is 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 too much school of these for these kids to miss
2: i don't i don't, my, find, I don't opinion, find 18 days to be that much out of 180 days that's what 10 percent is that right is my math right and
0: that's yeah that's 10 percent. but 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 that's that's what i'm talking about is is complacency nowadays you don't seem you don't you don't see it uh, you see it okay to miss 18 days of school that's ridiculous
2: see i don't if, agree if the, i don't if, i don't think if, 18 if is that school, huge of a number
0: well if the school puts puts that nine unexcused or, or what was that nine unexcused absences that's what it was when if, i went to
2: school i'm assuming it's still the same but i i went pre MCAS, sure so is.
0: right okay so if that okay let's just for argument's sake say that it is it's still not, at, at nine days Okay, 10 days of missing school, it's, it's unacceptable. It is. It's unacceptable. You know, and, and, and like I said, it all starts in the home. It's the parents not caring if these kids, uh, you know, if, if the parents not caring that these kids are missing school, they're not keeping them accountable. Nobody's so, keeping anybody accountable anymore for anything.
2: We're, we're, looking, at, we're looking at 2021 numbers as, as part of this. So yeah. in 2021, if you if you came down with, if you tested positive for COVID-19, you right. were required right. to stay home for five days. So if a kid yeah. caught COVID-19 twice, you know, through no fault of their own, they just got it. It happens. So if they okay. caught COVID-19 twice and stayed home for those required five days, they're now chronically absent based on this data.
0: That Unless they have a doctor's note. Unless they have a doctor's
2: note. No, I think I think you can't have more than nine excused absences.
0: If it if it was in in let's say quote unquote the pandemic time, okay, in that time period, then it then it should be an, ex, an excused absence with a doctor's note.
2: This, According to this data, and maybe maybe we'd have to reach out to Colin when he wakes up because he probably was <laughs> exhausted after writing this article. But according to this, it's just if students missed 18 days of school, it doesn't say excused or unexcused. So if you caught COVID twice and followed the guidelines that you were supposed to, technically, you were chronically absent.
0: I got the perfect, I got the perfect, uh, uh, you know what, I'll, I'll get back to you, Tim, because my wife works triage at uh, a pediatrics office. And I can I can ask her this question, and I'll get back I'll get back to you whether or not it's excused or not excused
2: because she she's the
0: one that has to end up writing the notes for the kids for school. Well, we got she phone lines, wrote, and she
2: wrote a lot of them. Phone lines lighting up, so maybe some of these are All folks right, that work in education too. Thank All you right. for the call.
0: Yep.
2: Bye bye. Uh, callers, hang on. I do ask that you hang on. Let me just bang out this quick break. It's only a few minutes. We'll be right back. <clears throat> and, You know, speaking of the New Bedford Fairhaven Bridge and, and that general area, so if you woke up this morning and you woke up achy. Or maybe when you went to go to sleep last night, you couldn't fall asleep quickly and you're shifting around or you're tired throughout the day or you, you just have general soreness. Uh, and if you don't miss your bed when you're staying somewhere else, well, those are sure signs that you need a new mattress. And if you need a new mattress, there's nobody better to go to than Whirly Beds in New Bedford. Why? Because it's made in America. It's made in New Bedford. The Whirly Beds factory is right there. And anytime that you can buy directly from the factory, that's when you know you're getting the best value. And as I said, the Whirly Bed Factory is right on Pope's Island, and you're shopping direct from the Whirly Factory. That means you're shopping small, shopping local, and shopping American-made. So... You might have bought in a bed online and you realized, oh, this was a mistake. This is not comfortable at all. What was I thinking? Why did I try to go online and buy something that I needed to try out and feel? Well, you can do all of that at Whirly Bed. So go on over to the store. Talk to Patrick, Martha, and the rest of the Whirly team and ask them how you can start feeling more supported when you wake up in the morning, more comfortable when you go to sleep at night, and what the power of a great night's rest can do for your overall health. Visit Whirly Beds on Pope's Island in New Bedford or give them a call and ask them all of your sleep questions. Trust me, now that I'm getting up this early, I know there's nothing more important than a good night's sleep, and Whirly Beds can make sure that you get that each and every night. All right, let's go back to the phones. Good morning. You're next on WBSM.
3: Good morning. So, I was a little surprised that you thought 18 days is
2: not that much. Well, in looking at the data from the amount of uh, from when this time period was, and considering why kids might have been out for that amount of time, if you skip school 18 times, that's bad. But if kids are (laughs) going to be out for eight, you know, for 18 days, but they caught COVID a couple of times and the flu once, I mean, that seems to add up to 18 days. What was the time period? Uh, It's through the 2021 and 2022 that they were looking at these numbers because, you know, the graduation rate in 2020 was 80%. Now they're looking at what happened where it's dropped down to 75%.
3: I guess the question would be a couple of things. One, you could compare, and I'm I'm not going to do it right now, but someone could compare um, uh, equal-sized schools in the same time period to see if that is, in fact, excessive. And there are a lot of times I, I know of parents over the years do they take the kids out for vacations and things like that? Um, and the other thing is, is look at even something like Vogue. Does Vogue have the same amount? Because we're in the same community, basically. So if, if in Vogue, you have to keep um, a low amount because they're looking at it as this is your job. Basically, you're preparing for a job. Um, and 18 days are employees out that long. So... You know i understand kids get sick uh, believe me i have my own uh, they've gotten sick over the years and stuff but um 18 days is an awful lot of time out of school and again it's all relative to what the reasons were and so i think just to use that data and to even have a discussion about it without the specifics is almost opening up a can of worms that really doesn't need to be um addressed right now without more
2: I mean, this is talk radio. We open up cans of worms all the time <laughs> without, right, right, without right, having right, it right. to. Right. But I, I'll say right. this in in the article, it mentions that you know a lot of the problems that they're having are problems that they have in other you know other towns and other communities, such as you know the illness, such as mental health issues and things of that nature. But there also are quotes where they talk about things that are uniquely to New Bedford, like you know those English language learners who are going to work as opposed to going to school, and and part of that is frustration with school. And so they say, well, I'm just going to go get a job, and then I don't have to worry about all of that, too. So those are some factors that are uniquely New Bedford.
3: Well, and those were factors that were evolved before, too. So, um, again, why now? What's the difference? And what's the change going to be next year? And I guess we'll find out, you know, when we look at the next steps, Um That's just one, one gauge to work off of. And, um, you know, hopefully more students will be able to stay in school because that's where you're learning the most.
2: Absolutely. All right. Thank you for the call. Have a good day. And uh, oh, sorry. Let's see if we can squeeze in another one before the news. You're next on WBSM.
4: Hello. What's on your mind? Um, teachers get at least 15 days for sick time every year by contract and two personal days. So I don't. I wouldn't blink an eye on being out 20 days. The teachers make it up with the children, I assume. And I did my student teaching at New Bethel High. And I quit. I can, I agree. It's Dullesville. And I uh, had a cooperating teacher that was not very cooperative. She gave me a lot of things to do, even the key to open up the homeroom door. I went home stressed. My mother said, "Uh, you should quit. And I did. And I, a lot of stress just came right off me. And you know what my cooperating teacher said? Who's
2: going to open up the door tomorrow? Well, so how, how, I agree. How about the person who's, whose classroom it is?
0: Yes.
2: Yeah. So, uh, yeah, I mean uh, that's a that's a good point. That if you know the teachers get X amount of time, which uh, you know is understandable, they should. Mm-hmm. But why why do people think that it's so strange that the kid? I mean, think about how many times parents want to take their kid on a on a vacation; they miss five days of school. When they because they went to you know Disney World on an off week, yes. so that they weren't there during vacation school vacation week.
4: I did elementary instead. They put me, they didn't want me to quit, they they told the, me not to give up. And I stayed 37 years teaching. I didn't take that ex, extra five years, pretend that I taught. They gave uh, you know, teachers extra time to retire. I did the full 37 years and I loved it, but I can agree that. The teachers know in advance who's going on vacation, and you give them the makeup work.
2: That's what I did. Yeah. I mean, I, I remember being in the back of the car driving down to visit my aunt in Washington, D.C. And, you know, we went in an, uh, during the school week so that we would, you know, not have to go down during vacation time. And also because my dad had to do something work-related down there at the same time. And I remember sitting in the back of the station wagon back when you could ride in the back of the station wagon. And I would be doing my homework, you know, doing the work that I was given. So I,
4: I was a sickly child. I was out 37 days in the third grade. And I made it. I never repeated any grades. I was on the Honor Society. I did pretty well, but that was what I needed to do for
2: myself. Sure. It wasn't
4: the school.
2: All right. Well, thank you for the call. You're welcome. Have a good day. And we can take some more calls from you at 508-996-0500. Right now, we have to go to somebody who is never chronically absent, Kate Robinson in the WBSM Newsroom.
1: Ukrainian air defenses have thwarted an intense Russian air attack on Kyiv, shooting down all 18 missiles aimed at the capital. The assault early Tuesday came as European leaders sought new ways to punish Russia for the war, and a Chinese envoy sought traction for Beijing's peace proposal. Loud explosions boomed over Kiev as the nighttime attack combined Russian missiles launched from the air, sea, and land in an apparent attempt to overwhelm Ukraine's air defenses. No casualties were reported as Western-supplied weapons helped fend off the assault. A Ukrainian official said Russia's latest attack was, quote, exceptional in its density. The police chief of Farmington, New Mexico, says it appears an 18-year-old man who shot and killed three people and wounded six others fired at random as he roamed the neighborhood. The man was killed Monday within minutes of officers responding to reports of shots fired. A Farmington police officer was wounded, treated at a hospital, and released. A state police officer also was wounded and remains hospitalized in stable condition. Police Chief Steve Hebb says it appears the man fired at least three weapons, including an AR-style rifle, as he roamed a quarter mile through the neighborhood, randomly shooting at homes and cars. The federal government is stepping up to stop a surge of illegal immigration at the southern border. A Pentagon spokesman says that another 950 troops will be arriving by the end of the month, with most headed to El Paso. A public health rule called Title 42, which had been used to expedite deportations, is now expired. The man behind ChatGPT will testify before Congress today. OpenAI CEO Sam Altman will take questions from lawmakers calling for guardrails and regulation of artificial intelligence tools over fears it could be abused. Altman's company is leading the development of AI with its popular generative language platform, ChatGPT. The Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints is firing back at allegations of illegal financial practices. Michael Kastner reports.
2: In a 60 Minutes interview that aired Sunday, a former investment advisor for the church accused it of hiding billions of dollars and violating its tax-exempt status. A statement from church officials called the allegations unfounded, adding that the church believes in being financially responsible. Earlier this year, the church agreed to a $5 million fine after the SEC concluded it had hidden billions of dollars in shell companies. I'm Michael Cass.
1: The NBA Conference Finals tip off Tuesday night in Denver. The top-seeded Nuggets will host the Los Angeles Lakers at Ball Arena for Game 1 of the Western Conference Finals. The Eastern Conference Finals begin on Wednesday night in Boston when the Celtics host the Miami Heat. Taxpayers could soon be able to file their taxes digitally and free of charge directly with the IRS. The Washington Post reports the agency has been quietly developing its own prototype system that could disrupt the tax prep market. The Inflation Reduction Act set aside $15 million to create a free and direct filing program. A Colorado man reportedly tried to blame his dog to get out of a DUI arrest last weekend. Mark Mayfield fills us in.
2: Police in
0: Springfield say the man was pulled over for speeding, but as the officer approached his vehicle, the man got out of the passenger side and claimed he wasn't driving after switching places with his dog. Authorities say the man tried to run away after the officer asked if he had been drinking, but he only got about 20 yards and was arrested. I'm Mark Mayfield.
1: A German court has convicted five men over the theft of 18th-century jewels worth more than 100 million euros from a Dresden museum in 2019. German news agency DPA reported that they were given prison sentences of between four years and four months and six years and three months. One defendant was acquitted. The Dresden State Court ruled that the five men, aged 24 to 29, were responsible for the break-in at the city's Green Vault Museum and the theft of 21 pieces of jewelry with a total insured value of at least 113.8 million euros. Could have asked me why I broke your
3: heart. You could have told me that you fell apart
1: Abel Tesfaye is officially beginning to let go of his well-known persona as The Weeknd on social media. The singer updated his Twitter and Instagram accounts on Monday to say his birth name instead of his stage name. The change isn't that big of a surprise as he recently shared his desire to kill his stage name ahead of the next chapter of his career. During an interview with W Magazine, the singer said he's getting to a place and time where he's ready to close the Weeknd chapter. Although he's letting go of the name, Tesfaye will still continue to release music under his birth name. In sports, the Red Sox lost to the Seattle Mariners Monday, ten to one. They're at it again tonight at seven ten. And the Celtics are in Game One with the Miami Heat Wednesday. Now for a look at your local forecast from ABC Six.
2: We have a southwest breezy wind that's going to keep us a little bit cooler than everyone else. We're only going to see temperatures around 73 to 75 degrees with partly cloudy skies today. Overnight tonight, 48 degrees, cold front moves through, and that's going to keep us cooler tomorrow. High of 63, mostly sunny skies. From the ABC6 Weather Center, I'm meteorologist Skylar Spindler on New Bedford's News Talk Station 1420 WBSM.
1: At the moment, it is 60 degrees and partly sunny. I'm Kate Robinson for WBSM News. Stay up to date with WBSM, New Bedford's news talk station. And get breaking news alerts with the WBSM app. 888-996-0500
2: Nine nine six zero five hundred, 996 or hit us up on App Chat on the WBSM app. You can also send us an open line voicemail message. If you would like to do that, you can just open up the app and hit the open line button, record your voicemail, send it in to us, and uh, we will play it on the air. And all of those great app features brought to us by our friends at South Coast Towing. If you haven't downloaded the WBSM app, what are you waiting for? It's super easy to do, and I've said this on my 9 a.m. program for... Since I started doing it in February of 2022, and I'll say it here in the morning too, if you ever have any trouble downloading the app, just reach out to me. You can email me tim at wbsm.com, and I will work you through all the steps to be able to download it, to utilize it. Uh, I probably have screenshots saved already from helping other folks that I can just send you, and it's an easy, easy way to figure it out, but some people don't go to their app store. Some people don't use their app store, so they don't know how to log into it. I know with iTunes, you have to put in a – iTunes, dating myself here. With the Apple store, you have to put in a credit card, and some people don't want to put in a credit card to start it off, and so it it means that they never go in there and they download apps. You don't even need to go to the app store. It's the easiest way to get the WBSM app because you can just go to your app store and search WBSM and find it. But if you don't want to do that, you can go right to WBSM.com, There's a tab there at the top that says, listen, click on that. And then that will bring you into a page where you can type in your email address and it will automatically mail you the link to be able to download the app. So really easy, really easy to get it on your phone and so many features that you can. I used to say like I start my day every day with the alarm clock that's built into the app. You can set an alarm in the app. And it will go off at that time every morning playing the WBSM stream. And I used to talk about how I would wake up listening to Phil. Now I wake up listening (laughs) to, I don't even, I'm not even paying attention to what's on. I just hear it go off and I'm like, oh, oh, I got to get up. And then my two phone alarms go off. And then my alarm clock on the other side of the room that I have to physically get up out of the bed to turn off goes off. These are all the fail safes I have. To make sure that I'm here with you early in the morning, but you can set your alarm and and hear me. That if there was anything that was ever going to make you want to get up out of bed and and turn off your device, it would be hearing my voice coming through as your alarm in the morning. So <laughs> that'll that'll be a, a feature that'll make a lot of you want to download that right away. It's it's uh, I'm the human equivalent of hearing that. Alarm that some alarm clocks have. Uh, again, 508-996-0500 If you want to call in and chime in, we're talking about this article in the New Bedford on the New Bedford Light website, newbedfordlight.org org. And I'm sure you know Marcus will probably reach out to Colin and have him go on South Coast tonight, or or Brian Thomas might because he's uh, he's in this week filling in on my nine o'clock show, and he is heavily invested in the topic of education. So. I'm sure one of them will have Colin on, and if they don't, we can try and get him on in the morning. I just know that it's this is a very early time for journalists; they uh, they usually work later into the night. But we we can have them on and talk about this. Certainly, we can discuss it with Mayor Mitchell when he joins us on Thursday morning and find out more about you know the definition of this chronic absenteeism. Um, because you know John, who had called in earlier, said he did ask his wife, and his wife had mentioned that you know if there's the procedures would require them if they do if the kids do have covid that they will get excused absences but the, this article and one that Colin wrote in october about the absentee rate doesn't define those 18 excused absences those 18 absences rather that are considered chronic absenteeism they're not defined as excused or unexcused And I think that that's kind of the point is it doesn't matter if it's excused, that they're saying that missing 18 days or more is missing too much of school. And I just think that there are other factors involved that make a difference. But looking at some of the definitions and the um, explanations for it, mental health issues being part of the reason why kids are missing so many days. And he has anecdotal stories in his reporting about students who have talked to counselors and talked to teachers to say, you know, thank you for giving me this one-on-one attention. I've been missing this. Uh, This makes me feel better. Nobody's been listening to me about my concerns. And I'm sure there are a lot of kids that do have some mental health concerns over what's gone on the past three years. But I also think there's probably a lot of kids that are utilizing that as a reason not to go to school, even when... It might not be legitimate. And I never want to question somebody's mental health concerns, but maybe there's a way to handle that in the school building. Maybe we provide more counselors in school so that the kids can go to school to get that help that they need, to help with that anxiety, so that they're in the building. And I don't mean just so that they're in the building and they're marked present, but so that you can see if that help is is working as opposed to just having them stay home and hope that they come back the next day feeling better. A lot of times if you are struggling with mental health, going home and spending the day alone while your parents are at work and your other siblings are at school and your friends are at school Going home and being alone for the day probably doesn't really help. But if that mental health concern is real, allow them to miss some classroom time to, to, to go down to a counselor to deal with it. And I know that they do, but maybe there just needs to be more focus on that. Five zero eight We'll take a break. Be back in a few. You know, a lot of kids, when they play pretend, you know, maybe maybe they're thinking that they're the Mission Impossible team, the IMF. Maybe they're walking around and they've got the Mission Impossible theme going in their mind, like dun, 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 dun. When I was a kid, I would walk around thinking, you know, that would be, Axel F would be the soundtrack to what I was doing. In fact, you know, my cousin and I, and this is this is the eighties. So you could play guns and you had guns that looked like real guns. Because in those days nobody would have thought of a kid actually having a real gun. So when they saw my cousin and I riding our bicycles around my grandmother's neighborhood and and Randolph, they didn't think that our toy guns that we were pointing at each other were real. And I had a little like tape player boombox thing a small one and I put it on my handlebars and I would have that song playing cuz I was I was Axel Foley which yeah I know a kid shouldn't be watching Beverly Hills Cop but I did and uh, it was one of my favorite movies so yeah that was me. We actually had a gun a, a toy gun a plastic gun that looked like Mel Gibson's Beretta from Lethal Weapon and it was, I forget what color it was. It was like blue or green or something. And we took it, we painted it with model paint. And we made it black so that it would look like Mel Gibson's gun. And we would always argue over who got to have the Beretta when we were driving, <laughs> riding our bicycles around town. I mean, nowadays, you see kids with a gun that looks real like that. Uh, you're you're going to be concerned, and so will the police. But in those days, and I think the neighbors probably knew us. They're like, oh, there, there go those two weirdos again. There goes Weisberg and Simpson. They're uh, riding their bikes around pretending to shoot at each other. But anyway, five zero eight nine nine six zero five hundred. We were talking about this article at NewBedfordLight.org. We can certainly continue on in the discussion about that. I also want you to take a look at WBSM.com and on the app at some of the great stories we have up there for you today. Of course, I mentioned my article about the paranormal, which if you are new to hearing me, if if you normally just listen in the mornings here and you haven't heard my 9 to noon show or – my Spooky South Coast show that's been on for 17 years now on Saturday nights. I'm a big paranormal guy, and I know that the audience likes to read our articles about the paranormal because every time we put out a a story about the paranormal in the area, it does big numbers and gets a lot of interaction from people. So usually if there's something paranormal to write about, I will do so. And so I have an article there about how I, I just think Boston was a little bit unfairly ranked in this very strange survey, poll, whatever you want to call it, study that was put out by a lawn care company. So you can read that at WBSM.com and on the app. Barry also has an article about tornadoes, which we're about to enter into tornado season here in New England. And I know that sounds weird because you don't think of tornadoes being something that happen here in New England that often. But as Barry wrote, we've had 200 people die from tornadoes. So it is something worth paying attention to and, and being concerned about. You don't have to be scared and anxious about it, but it's worth being informed about. Uh, then he has another article about a forgotten Fairhaven radio station. Well, certainly not forgotten to me, not forgotten in this building, but you might not have thought about it in a while, and we can talk about that coming up in the next hour. Right now, let's go to the phones. Good morning. You were on WBSM.
5: Hi, Tim. Oh, and yeah. When did you think... the I'm fine. How are you? All right. When do you think that this all changed and people became... Um, so anxious and um, you know kids used to play that brought up a lot of childhood memories for me because we always played um, cops and robbers or cowboys and Indians and we always pretended we had guns and whatever and when did it all change in your opinion?
2: When kids started having real guns and you can point to you know I think that in in, in the late 90s you had a rise of that uh, certainly, after Columbine, you had more concern about kids with guns. So I think that that kind of made it where, and it, it's it's not so much that I've, I, you know, I think it's easy to look at it and say people wanted kids to stop having toy guns. But I also think kids wanted to stop having toy guns when, for safety's sake, they started making the guns look less realistic. So now you've got a bright lime green gun instead of a black gun, and kids are like, well, that doesn't look real. I don't want to play with it. So I think that right. there's there's been a drop in the desire to have that kind of play. Plus, there's a lot of violence in, in video games and all that kind of stuff. So maybe the kids are getting that outlet, which I do think is an important thing for them to get out. That, like People are like, oh, kids shouldn't be thinking about violence. No, I think that they do naturally anyway. And having a, a productive way to get it out through play or pretend or video games is actually beneficial because it helps them get rid of some of that anxiousness and rage.
5: Right. I just wondered why or when we became such an anxious culture, like generally speaking, is it because we're being bombarded with everything every day? Like I think of my childhood. And I'm old, Like I'm an old lady now. No, I'm not really old, but I'm 73 When I think of my childhood, it was wonderful. So like, what, what's changed? I'm
2: sure you have the answer. Well, I, I think information plays a big part of it. The more information that you have, the more there will be to be anxious about. So when you were younger and the information that you got came from the newspaper in the morning or afternoon and the evening right. news at night, you didn't you weren't constantly bombarded with all this information and somebody was filtering what you learned about based on what they thought was important to tell you at that time, whether it be you know, close to your region or a big national story or what have you. So the news and the information was a little bit more controlled. Now that people have access to all this information there's a lot more out there to be nervous about so then they have more anxiety about it
5: right right cause i it, think that you know it's too bad that we can't handle that high, our um, high anxiety like mel brooks movie you know right. but um i think that people are just very serious now and it's like you're either with me or against me and we're very like polarized on a lot of things not just yeah. politics but and it makes me sad that the kids growing up today are exposed to that because then I wonder how far is it going to go, and will the pendulum ever swing back? Oh, I, I you think so. Top?
2: Yeah, Do I you think... think
5: so. But we're never going to get to a spot where we get just our news from the. Uh,
2: I think, paper. I think we're so anxious about it because we, we we remember what it's like when it wasn't like that. I think those who That's are growing true. up in it now will become a bit desensitized to it and will learn to find their own their own path through that information to find out you know what they want to deal with and what they want to block out. i got to just hold you there because I'm up against my okay. final break, but thank you for a great I call. Do. Okay, thanks. And uh, we will take more of your calls coming up uh, in the next hour, but i got to take my final break of this one. <laughs> All right, another hour down. Time really flies this early in the